Welcome to the Oh Beloved One podcast, you guys. My name is Amanda Brown, and if you are new here, thank you so much for listening. If you are a veteran Beloved One, thank you so much for listening as well. I am so excited about this episode because it's going to be chill. So recently we've been just like kind of going through Ecclesiastes, which is super great. I feel like just talking things out, I'm just... Like, so I'm an introvert, but I I actually love talking, so it's kind of a paradox, but I just feel like when I'm talking about scripture, it's actually helping me to understand it. You know, it's like as a girl when you have a problem and you just want to talk to someone about it. It's not like you really want their advice or you don't even want them to like help fix the situation. You just want someone, you just want to rehash it, you know? That's kind of like what I feel like talking about and talking through scripture. Um, But this episode, I was driving home today and I thought, you know what, I've been in LA for four months now. I feel like it would be really cool to just kind of reflect on the past four months and do a, um, you know, what I've learned since moving to LA slash life after college podcast, just because I would have liked something like this to listen to before I moved. I probably could have... I probably could have I probably could have done this a long time ago. Oh no, what am I talking about? I don't know. So I wrote down just some things and I just kind of reflected for a couple minutes about what exactly I've learned and I feel like I have grown up so so much in the past four months. Like, (laughs) there's nothing like buying your own car insurance that just really makes you feel like an adult. It's, yeah, it's not a great feeling. No, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I was literally drinking a chocolate milk as I was calling the person about insurance. I just, I don't know, it's kind of a long story. I was at the grocery store getting a prescription, which is also like, makes me kind of feel like an adult. Medicine, <laughs> wahoo. So I, the lady said that it wasn't filled yet. So she was like, hey, you just like walk around and shop. And I was like, well, I don't really need a shop, but I walked around nonetheless and I picked up the most random things. And one of them, I just saw chocolate milk. And I realized that I'd been craving chocolate milk for a couple weeks and I thought, hey, why not? because I knew I was going to be going back to my car and calling the insurance place. So I thought, wow, what an aesthetic. Like Amanda in a car, all dressed up in her heels and stuff, talking on the phone to the insurance people while drinking a chocolate milk. That is just the quintessential, you know, post post-college adult. It's like, is she an adult or is she not? I'm I feel like this weird hybrid, you know? So anyway, that was fun. Um, But yeah, I just, there, there's been a lot of learning curves and I just feel like, I feel like God has really taken me on his holy ironing board and ironed out out a lot of wrinkles. So if you are currently in college, maybe you're like a senior looking out towards the horizon of graduating soon. If you just graduated college and you're transitioning, you know, even if it's been a year or two, I think you're still in that transitioning phase, you know? Um, Just even if you're younger, if you're in high school and stuff, you are coming upon the time of change, you know? You're looking towards college 
and you also are having to deal with change. And these lessons that I've learned are things that God can teach anyone at any time. It just happened that, you know, throwing me 2,000 miles away from my hometown taught me these lessons. So real quick, a little bit of backstory. Four months ago, I moved to Los Angeles. <laughs> so I grew up literally all my life, 21 years in South Carolina. It was a little, a little town um, in the Bible Belt. I say little because it's little to me, but it's actually one of the fastest growing small towns in America because our downtown area is just so beautiful. And can you guys hear that airplane? That's kind of obnoxious. Anyway, and a lot of other places have used our downtown um, as kind of like inspiration for their downtowns. But anyway, so, and I was homeschooled all growing up. The first time I went to school was college. You know, I grew up in a Christian family, went to church every Sunday. It just, I don't want to say it was a small life because that makes it sound really negative. Guys, I loved my life. If you had told me six months ago that I would be moving to Los Angeles, I would have rolled my eyes and said, you're crazy. And if I had known that like for sure I was going to be moving, I probably would have sobbed my face off because I did, I did sob my face off about, you know, well, it was the day before I signed the contract to come work here because I just, I I couldn't imagine change. I was literally just on Instagram saying, I hate change, don't like change. So for me, moving 2,000 miles away was a huge deal. Would be to anyone, but it's imagine it expounded 50,000 times because I am such a curmudgeon and I just want everything to stay the same all the time. So yeah, I six months ago, didn't know that I would be working out here. I had no prospects for a job. I just felt stuck. And because of COVID, I just felt like people weren't really looking for graphic designers. Like people are not trying to make things look pretty right now. They're just trying to stay afloat. So graphic design and aesthetics are getting pushed to the wayside in a way. And so I know that it was by the grace of God that I found this job and they wrote me and got me in the system really fast and I moved. I didn't even know I was moving for sure until about a month before I was supposed to be there and I just felt numb the whole time. Uh, Thank goodness for my mom because she did a lot of my packing. I just, I couldn't even think about it and I couldn't even look at some of the, you know, the pots and pans that she had bought for me because... I just felt so sick to my stomach every time. And now I'm in LA and I I never wanted to move to LA. I'm very much a country girl. I love the idea of farms and big rolling grasslands and all that stuff. So it's, it's hilarious that I am here. I'm telling you guys, God takes you out of your comfort zone all the time. This is one of the less. this isn't like one of the actual lessons, but hey, this, this counts as a lesson, right? God takes us out of our comfort zone so, so often, and that doesn't mean you shouldn't make plans or you shouldn't want things because you're afraid that God's gonna come rewrite everything, but it's just good to remember, you know, I, I would have told you I can't thrive in a city, and yeah, I still am not impressed by LA, not even the slightest. The thing that The thing that really gets me is the beauty. I go hiking almost every weekend, and that to me is cool. 
<laughs> I'm not really inspired by the celebrities or the dirty buildings or the dirty sidewalks or the dirty roads or the dirty people. So, but it's, it's where God has me. So maybe that's the first lesson, actually. Um, I didn't even write this one down, but let's go with that. So my first lesson is God will use you wherever you are. He has you where you are for a purpose, girl. I, whatever you're in school you are, or if you're graduated, whatever place you are, and I'm, I'm talking about whatever state, whatever city, whatever community, whatever apartment, God has you there for a reason. And when we live with that purpose, it makes everything just so much better. It makes it so that we have a purpose. I just, I have a friend who just, well, maybe I should talk about it. Be okay with going outside of your comfort zone. I wrote in my journal what my plan was. It wasn't, it wasn't a control freak kind of thing. It was more that I felt lost and drowning this past summer. And so I'm the type of person that when my present is not lovely, I just plan for a better future. Very futuristic, always looking towards the future, which isn't always a, a pro. So I wrote down all these things and I found that notebook the other day and I was just laughing because I... The only thing that really has come true is that I want to hike every weekend. Everything else is, you know, I was planning on asking my aunt if I could move into her basement and pay rent. I was planning on starting a garden, which I guess technically I kind of did. My friend got me some herbs and I have them out on my balcony, but it's not a garden garden. Like I wanted, you know, the trellises and the, the carrots and the tomatoes and just I love the idea of that. And I have an apartment in Los Angeles, California. There's no place for the vegetables here. You just have to buy them at the super crazy grocery stores. So be okay with God changing your roadmap. Um, he's going to use you. And there is such a joy about knowing that you are where you're supposed to be. I told someone the other day that if I were not a Christian, I probably would not be here just because the only reason I really moved here is because I felt God calling me to step out in faith, do something very against my typical nature. Again, you know, drastic change. And I went out on a limb and I felt like I was being called here to grow in my faith in God. Otherwise, it, you know, most people move to LA to get a chance at fame or even maybe just straight up like a job. Technically, I moved here for a job and that's what I tell people. But if the conversation ever goes deeper um, or if I'm at church, you know, I tell people, God called me here. He really did. I feel like a missionary every day and I try to keep that in mind. It's hard at work because it, it feels like work, right? And then when I come home for the night, it just hits me again. Wow, I don't have to fear. I don't have to feel stressed because I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. 
and this experience, this time in my life is more about moving here for a job. It's about being here in God's will and that is such a cool thing. Such a cool thing to be able to share with people. So the second thing is that you bring your problems with you. I don't care if you move two miles down the street or 2,000 miles away. You aren't just going to pack up and leave and your your problems are going to be back home in the corner of your bedroom, you know? And I guess we, we know this, but subconsciously I did not accept this. I thought, oh, I'm going to move to LA. All my problems will be solved. I everything will disappear and it'll be fine. I can just kind of start over. But of course, you're still the same person with the same baggage and the same problems. And just because you move, that doesn't mean that you are going to approach situations in a better way. You still have to put in the work. And yes, I do believe if you are moving or if you feel like a new chapter of your life is ending slash beginning, that is a great time to just be very introspective and look at yourself and say, Hey, how can I be a better person? Because it's just, it's like starting a new day, starting fresh. It's like starting a new year, right? That's why people make New Year's resolutions, because they feel like it's a new beginning, a new start. And so if you're moving somewhere, yeah, I would definitely recommend that you take out the trash, so to speak, and decide, hey, when I move, I'm going to be a different person. So for me personally, I, I try to do this, I try to hone my personality a little bit more. I naturally am someone who I don't, I'm not very outspoken and I don't, I don't want to say I don't like giving my opinion, but I guess especially when it comes to design things and work situations, I'm just very quiet. So for example, one time I had an idea and I wanted to run it by my boss, but for some reason I got so, so anxious and I was literally frozen. I was frozen in my chair and I just did something that my dear friend Allison kind of helped me in. Um, I just took a deep breath, like take a deep breath, one, two, three, let it out. And then as soon as you let it out, just, you know, I say my boss's name, I'm like, hey, can I? and then I start the conversation. I, You guys are probably like, what in the world? But I am that introverted that it just, and that unsure, honestly. And now it's getting way easier to voice my opinion. I remember one time my boss asked me to ask people in the room their opinion on something, and yelling something out into the room was absolutely terrifying because I thought, what if none of my coworkers respond? And it's just... Okay, come on, Amanda. Like, how how unsure are you of the situation that you actually are afraid to speak? So I decided that I would be more bold and not as scared to speak. And I've actually seen results. I mean, the other day I had a suggestion. I felt like on our website, it was kind of confusing the wording. Basically, we are offering something for free, but you can donate to just, you know, show that you appreciate our content. But the way that it was worded, it sounded like you had to donate. And for a while, I was like, oh, I'll just, you know, someone else will think of that. But then I thought, no, I have good ideas. <laughs> you know, my value, my value, my opinion is valued here. So I just took a deep breath and put it on our, our meeting agenda and I brought it up. And people were actually like, oh, yeah, I, I thought that too. That's a really good point. So all that to say... You, if, if you're, you know, 21, you probably know your faults. If you're younger and in high school, 
um, maybe you do too. If, if you feel like you're doing pretty good, which I usually, I, I'm not afraid to say it. I'm a very proud person, so I often have big, big, honking, huge blind spots. Ask a close friend who you trust. Ask your mom. Moms are great at this. Um, ask your pastor's wife, your youth pastor's wife, your college career pastor's wife. Ask someone that you trust. And, you know, ask ask three or four people. Get See, see if they all are in agreement that you need to kind of change this area of your personality. And then go do it and pray for the grace because some of it, I know for me, growing up, I would not reach out to people and I would just say, oh, I'm, I'm just shy. I'm just shy. That's how I am. I'm shy. And yeah, that can be like a personality thing, but a lot of times we hide behind these personality things and we don't allow ourselves to change or to have the possibility to change. And life is all about getting better and changing and letting God iron out our wrinkles, as I said before. So be open to that and be willing. And yeah. So the second thing is, (laughs) this is going to sound like a, I don't know, like a positivity speech or something. Ready? You can. Okay, so what in the world does this mean? You can budget, okay? You can pick out health insurance. You can find a doctor, build a community, find a church, all these things. My goodness. (laughs) Okay, so two years ago, I did not know how to boil water. I kid you not. Kid you not. I, I told myself, I had decided that I didn't like cooking and I didn't like baking. And so I never did it. Two years ago, one year ago, I couldn't cook a chicken. (laughs) Five months ago, I didn't know the difference between like deductibles and premiums and insurance. I didn't know the difference between like what leasing a car was um, and owning a car, which I know that sounds really, really stupid. I'm sorry. I just grew up not really paying attention to these things. I knew what owning a car was, obviously, but like the terminology of leasing, I just didn't didn't care to think about that. So when you move, and especially a very far way away, I I mean, you're going to be scared, of course. All these things, all these adulting things, may we say, are really scary because you are dealing with real physical money that you labored for. You are dealing with all these kind of shady salespeople that are trying to sell you more than you actually need. You're dealing with remembering deadlines like, hey, you need to pay your rent by this time. Hey, you need to pay your credit card by this time or else you get in trouble with the big people. Like, it's not school anymore where your teacher's going to come over and be like, hey, Amanda, I, uh, you didn't turn this in. Like, you're going to need to because I'm going to dock five points. No, like, if you don't pay your rent, you get kicked out of the apartment. So things like this are just very scary. And when I got here, I felt so incapable when the guy came to install my internet, he was like, where's your modem? And I was just like, okay, I cannot do this thing. I don't know what a modem is. But now I have my little modem thing, whatever, sitting on my counter and we are good to go. And I know that I only have one modem outlet in my apartment. Look, we are all learning together. 
you know, five months ago, did not know how to budget and figure out all my credit card stuffs. God gives us grace, right? And of course, you know, hopefully you have a good community. I have coworkers who love talking about finances and things like that. If I ever have questions, I have coworkers that are willing to, you know, recommend dentists and my grandma worked in insurance, so I wrote her and said, hey, this is my insurance. Can you find some good doctors? Use your community to help you out, they, especially your church. Uh, this is something I learned. You know, when people at church say, hey, we would love to have you over or text me if you need help, do it. Give them the opportunity to help you out because I'm from the South and I know that we get a bad rap for saying hey, I'll have you over sometime, and then we don't do anything about it. And so I came to the West Coast kind of in that mindset, and then I realized, oh, like, when she says she wants to go out with me, she actually wants to go out with me. Imagine that. I just have to write and give her the opportunity to. So be willing to to do that, to give people an opportunity to get to know you, right? You are capable of more than you think. And I don't want this to turn into some, you know, self-affirmation thing. But I think I think the, the pivotal moment for me was my grandparents came with me and my sister came with me. And one by one, they all, you know, went their ways, went back home. So my grandparents left, left and it was just me and my sister. And the reality of me being here by myself really started to set settle in. And I just kind of, again, went... I was paralyzed. I apparently get paralyzed a lot. I just felt numb because I thought there's no way that Rachel is actually going to leave. She's not going to go to the airport. She's not going to disappear. She's going to be here with me. I can't imagine my life without my family. But, you know, on a Saturday morning, I drove her to LAX and she got out of my car, got her luggage, and I said goodbye. And when I got in the car, I I was just waiting, you know, for the meltdown, for the sobbing, for the I can't do this, for the things that have happened in the past when I've gone to camp or gone to soccer preseason or started my first job. My poor mother. I have, my life is so dramatic apparently. But it didn't come. Because I got in that car and I thought I am 100% alone. And I heard God and he said, as long as I'm your 100%, you will never be alone. Because God is sufficient. He can't be anything less than 100%. So if he is with us, we are 100% not alone, if I can say it that way. And that is just so powerful. And so from that moment on, I have just felt so safe. I can't even explain it. I just feel like there's a bubble of protection around me. I, I literally prayed for a hedge of protection, like in, in Job. Um, I prayed for one around my apartment so that I would I would be kept safe. And I feel like that bubble goes with me wherever I go. Not to say that nothing bad could ever happen, but I just know that I am in God's will. And he's holding me my hand. And it's the one of the most precious things that I have ever felt in my life. And I wish everyone could feel that, you know unsaved and saved alike. 
Um, so you can, girl. You can, whether you are in high school and you are, you know, looking at that finish line of graduating high school and you don't think you can. If you're in college and struggling to find your major or your community or even just deciding, like, maybe you found a major but you don't know which exact route to go down. I My sister was in that. She's she's nursing, which I never knew that... <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> I didn't know with nursing that there were obviously multiple paths. You know, you can, I can't even list them, but you could do pediatrics. You could be a little surgeon. You could be an assistant and all these little things. And my sister had this realization and that she has to basically choose what she's doing for the rest of her life. And that's kind of scary. But God gives us grace. And it's literally like the verse where it says his light, um, oh no, now I'm going to blank on it. But basically his light will guide our steps. And... With this light, you know, when you think about a light, it only shows a little bit of the path ahead of you. I mean, nowadays, just talk to my brother. He's like a flashlight fanatic. I don't I don't understand guys in this respect. They love their flashlights. They have flashlights now that will shine the whole entire road up. But the light of God only shows us our next step. And it, it builds trust. It really, really does. Everything he does is on purpose. And I really do think he only shows us a little bit of his will because, A, if we knew his whole will, we would probably be like, ah, I can't do that, next, you know. Or if we saw each step, we, we wouldn't have to trust because we know exactly what's coming, right? So, you can. Okay, so the third thing that I've, I've learned moving 2,000 miles away is that people will notice your faith. So, I grew up in a Christian community it was so Christian, and I loved it. I really did, 100%. All my friends growing up were Christian. It wasn't even a thing to wonder if they were Christian. We would literally go out to coffee and talk about God, and I really, I really, really miss this. I'd, I don't think, no, I think I appreciated it, but I think I would have appreciated it even more, if that's even possible, because... I just, I miss that being the bulk of the conversation. And there's nothing like being with someone and, because you know, you know what you talk about is what's in your heart. So when you're having God conversations with friends, you know that you guys are doing something right. And it's not, not that it's in your own strength. It is all by God's grace. And so I, I, I do miss that, but people have noticed my faith and it's even kind of inadvertently sometimes I've just noticed that because of because I'm a Christian, you know, unsaved people are more likely to tell me things that they don't tell anyone else. They're more likely to just, they literally say, hey, you know what, like, I trust you. Um, even things like, I don't know where you guys stand on this, but I personally do not cuss. Um, I just, I just want to keep my mouth pure and my heart pure. And I, I also am a lover of the English language. <laughs> I, I have a big enough vocabulary that I don't feel like I need to cuss. But, um, I have a lot, a lot of people in my life who do cuss and they notice that I don't. And they even apologize sometimes if they do, because they've noticed that I'm different. Um, I, I also don't drink. If I ever do go out with friends and they have a little bit to drink at dinner, they, they notice that I only have water and someone was even like, oh wow, you have such self-control. And I was like, not really. It's just by, by God's grace and you should see how much coffee I drink instead. So 
um, people are watching and growing up in a Christian community, this didn't really hit me so hard. People will always notice. I really do believe that because wherever you are, there are unsaved people and there are people who are, you know, less mature in their faith than you are and more mature. But, um, that, that means that we have to be all that more careful to guard our reputation. And I know for me, it's been, I have to be really careful because sometimes I've said things that I say it and I, well, before I say it, I think, I'm, you know, so I'm around an unsafe person and I think I really should not say that, but I want to sound cool or in the know. And so I say it anyway. And immediately the Holy Spirit is just like, Amanda, I told you not to say that. You are literally conflicting. You are, okay, so can I be geeky for just a second? In school, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously a graphic designer. Um, so in school, we studied, you know, branding. So, and I like to think of people as brands, okay? So I'm the Amanda brand. I mean, I have, I, I talk with my hands. I have, you know, I, my hair is almost always curled with a, you know, 0.5 inch wand because I just love that. I wear all neutrals now. I say, apparently this is funny to my coworkers. I say, you know, oh my goodness and oh my word instead of other things. Um, I love certain kinds of music, certain kinds of movies. Okay, so, so that's my brand. And likewise, you know, companies, they have their brand colors and textures and all these different things. So as a Christian, you, your personality melds with God and you are a brand representing him. So when you do things that are against that, you say things, you, you wear things, um, it conflicts with that brand. You know, it's technically off-brand. And maybe this isn't making any sense, but I actually really like this analogy. You know, your colors are all neutrals. And girl, you are walking into the office with magenta pink on, aka you are having a bad attitude about a really, really tiny thing that your boss asks you to do, you know? So it this is really, really difficult because I feel like I have to try extra hard because I am now labeled as, you know, the good girl, the innocent girl, the, the Christian. People will literally, you know, not tease me about being a Christian because that sounds negative. Um, but, you know, they'll, they'll talk about how I'm a Christian. And so if I'm doing things that's conflicting with that message, they notice. They're going to notice. So that, that's been a huge culture change for me because, I mean, East Coast, West Coast, Bible Belt, Los Angeles, very different. So whether you are on the East Coast, the West Coast, North, South, whatever, wherever you are, if you are in another country, people notice your faith and notice who you are as a person. So the third thing, well, let's, I guess that's actually the, what are we on? The fifth-ish thing. Okay, so quiet isn't scary. So I have four siblings, three brothers and a sister, two parents and a dog. Okay, so it was basically always loud because I'm the oldest. So for as long as I can remember, there has been noise, especially having three brothers. I mean, they always have Teen Titans Go on the television. My mom's trying to get them to school and they're trying to talk to each other about drones and goodness knows what else. 
it's always a party. And that was one of the really hard things thinking about moving. One of the hard things was that, you know, I wouldn't be able to just walk downstairs and the boys are watching a movie and I can sit down and watch it with them. They wouldn't be having uh, dining room conversations. My goodness, last summer was so, so sweet. I would come downstairs in the evenings and sit down at the kitchen table. And while my mom did dishes or cleaned the kitchen, we would just talk, talk for, it felt like hours. It was probably just an hour, but we had some really good conversations down there just at the kitchen table. There was always noise. And so, of course, I knew moving here, there would not be noise but I have learned to appreciate noise. And it's kind of funny I'm saying this because I've actually gotten in a really bad habit of as soon as I wake up in the mornings, I have something playing. And now I, I almost always have something playing, which I on, if I have to be honest with myself, I don't think that's healthy. I think maybe, well, especially right in the morning and then right at the evening, I think it should be quiet and solemn so that A, you can either, you know, unwind or start, getting ready for the day, and just that quiet time encourages prayer. Because when you're by yourself, who else are you going to talk to? I mean, you can think and have thoughts, but it's way more fun to have a conversation. And I just found when I first moved here, I I still was in the people are around phase, so I wasn't on my phone and stuff. And so there was a lot of quiet time, and I found myself praying in those quiet moments. And I felt so close to God, such intimacy. It was so, so sweet. So actually, thank you guys for helping me remember this. I need to control my media consumption because I want to get back in the habit of using the natural quiet time to pray to God. I mean, you know, kitchen making dinner, uh, driving to work, um, getting ready for the morning, getting ready for the evening, all these things you can redeem and use the time to be praying to God and being in communion with him. And I'm sure if some of you are only childs, so only child, only children, whatever. (laughs) Uh, So maybe you don't relate with this as much, but maybe you are an especially loud children. So maybe you too would be afraid of the silence. So silence is okay though. Silence allows us to face our feelings and to be introspective, which I think is something that, I think it's the reason that a lot of people are, you know, depressed and upset nowadays because we have all this stuff that we can be distracted by. If you are having a bad day, you can literally watch YouTube 24 hours that day, 24 hours, and just think about other people and other lives and other people's problems. And that can be very, very tempting. So the next lesson is that you will feel like you aren't doing enough, but you are. And this kind of goes along with the you can thing. But so for the first maybe two months of being here, it was kind of like a honeymoon phase. Every day was fabulous. I kept everything clean and tidy. Everything was new. I was just building things. So there wasn't really a ton of pressure. I definitely put a lot of pressure on myself to find a church, but thank goodness, actually, the first one that I went to, I fell in love with it, and it was love at first sight, and I'm there now. Didn't even bother going to another church, so that was nice, but um, yeah, I, I guess it was last month, I just realized 
And I feel like Satan does this a lot. He knows that I'm an overachiever and a perfectionist, so he likes to poke holes in my boat, so to speak, and say, hey, um, you've been here four months. Why do you only talk to, you know, the same five people at church? You aren't a good Christian. Or he says, you know, your, your friend group at work is really, really tiny. Why, why aren't you going out with them to this? Why aren't you going out with them to that? Um, or, hey, you know, you basically just work and go home and go to church. You should be doing more. Why aren't you doing more? Why aren't you coaching soccer and signing up for gyms and, you know, biking every night after? Like, why aren't you doing more? And sometimes less is more. <laughs> especially when you're just starting out somewhere. You do not have to explode in a flurry of doing things, right? And honestly, God has me where I am for a purpose, right? Yes, maybe I could be doing a better job of getting to know people. Yes, maybe I could be doing a better job of uh, making friends, which is just basically the same thing. Maybe I could be doing a better job of getting out. But right now, I know that I'm just really exhausted from th this past year. I had a lot of anxiety about my health issues and my future. And I just feel like I am taking a big, deep breath. And I just need to pause and reflect and be introspective. So it's okay if I'm not giving as much right now, if that makes sense. You know, giving as in, as in, you know, Tuesday nights I go coach kids in soccer, and then Wednesday nights I go to the gym, you know, 30 minutes away, and then all blah, blah, blah. No, I think right now I just need to focus on not doing so much, because personally, that's how I cope with things. I just sign up for a billion things, get myself busy with a billion projects, so that I'm too busy to think about the painful stuff in my life. So I think it was good to, to realize this, and to just say, hey, you know what? Sometimes a little bit is exactly enough and I don't I don't need to be doing too much and distracting myself with needless things. And the last thing that I just wanted to share with you guys is that hospitality doesn't require a house. So let me put it this way. If you are in middle school, your hospitality is just finding the new girl and taking her under your wing. If you are in college, hospitality is opening up your dorm room for Wednesday night Bible studies or Friday night movie night or just things like that. You have an open door policy. Anyone can come in at any time. They need a shoulder to cry on if they want someone to laugh with them. Your dorm room is your house. If you are a young single living at home, I know this, this is what I, I thought I was going to be, um... Your hospitality is, I mean, maybe your parents are okay with you inviting people over. My parents are a little bit more shy, so that probably wouldn't have been a thing. I would say my hospitality would be reaching out to girls who are entering college or finishing up college or my friends and going out with them, going to the mall, uh, going to church together, going to coffee shops, which is one of my favorite things, hiking with them. So your, you know, home, so to speak, would be these outside activities that you get to do and these meals and coffees and activities that you get to share together. And then for me now with my own little apartment, my apartment is my house. Yes, it is 714 square feet, 
super tiny, probably couldn't have more than five people in here. Even five, it would be kind of uncomfortable. And my couch definitely could not fit five people. But maybe my hospital, and which it has, I've invited some people over to make simple, simple meals. Um, like, um, oh my goodness, I'm blanking on what it's called. It, chicken fettuccine. Fet no, fettuccine Alfredo, that's what it is. I've invited people over to make those. I've invited people over to have smoothies. I've invited people over to have a slice of my famous banana bread. I like to say famous, but it's not really. <laughs> I guess it's famous around my office, but other than the office, no one else has ever had it except me, and I think it's super good. So it's famous in my heart. But just having maybe a coworker over, I live really close to my workplace, so I just drive my friend over after work and then drive her back when we're done. Um, and I think just, just opening your home is so special. Sharing a meal, making a meal for someone, I love it. Maybe it's a southerner in me, but I really, if you read Acts and any of Paul's Gospels, I just feel this sense of hospitality with Paul. I mean, sometimes he was in jail. And I feel like people just felt this hospitality from him because he was just so welcoming. And I guess my ultimate point is it doesn't matter. Hospitality is not macaroni and cheese in a, in a home surrounded by kids with a big wooden table and, you know, big soup ladles and just, just a huge plethora of food. Hospitality is a heart attitude. It's you opening up your life and your love to other people and welcoming them in, whatever that may look like. You don't have to have over five people every single week. You can have one a week. You can have one every other week. Maybe you don't feel comfortable having people over to your place yet. You can go out with them. Hospitality is just so important and reading, you know, acts and like I said, Paul's apostles or epistles, you just really, really see that hospitality in him. And that's something that sets us apart, right? The unity of the body of Christ really sets us apart from other people, sets us apart from other people. And so when we invite people into our homes, it's going against who we are as people because it's it's not natural right to care about other people enough to say hey you know this one evening I'm going to interrupt my routine and you know not do things that I do every single night except for this one night um I hospitality is super important and I'm southern and I I can attest to this real honest genuine hospitality so I hope that this was super helpful to you guys, whatever stage of life that you are in. Make sure that you follow me on beloved.magazine on Instagram because I'm, you know, always just sharing things about my life living here in California. And I think it would be cool if maybe in six months I do another one of these and talk about what else I've learned in another six months of living in California. Um, or, I mean, who knows where I'll be. Maybe I'll get up and move to Scotland or something. Wouldn't that be fun? Um, so, and you can also follow us on um, obelovedone.com. We have all of our magazines available for you guys. They're free. A lot of them are 50-ish pages of just beautiful devotions. And I would love for you guys to check it out since it is free. It takes a lot of time to make these. And so just seeing you guys enjoy them and really grow because of them 
means the absolute world to me and, and my staff. So I hope that you guys have a great rest of your week and that you guys are just really thriving in whatever area of life that God has you in right now and that you never forget that you are beloved by the king of the universe.